Blake, we are back for season two, episode three of the Campbell's Gambles podcast, sponsored by Zabble. How are you, buddy? I haven't seen you for a while. Keen as a bean, Jason. You got some good racing in Sydney. It's been a long time. Looking forward to it. Yes. Not just good racing in Sydney, Blake. The first group one of autumn. CF4 Stakes Day at Caulfield. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it's a big one. Good lineup. Very good lineup. Very good lineup. Some would argue the group two in Sydney, or some would argue, some being myself, is mm-hmm. stronger than the group one race. I, I don't know. We can debate to start off the show, but I think the Apollo Stakes is a stronger field than the C4 Stakes. Do you- I really don't think it's much of a debate, to be honest. Like you got the you got the Melbourne Cup winner second favorite. And you got think it over, who's like just look at look at that bloke's record. I mean right. Colette. I was going to say, you're getting Colette, a two-time Group 1 winner. Oh, Yeah. Then you go down to, like, Ice Bath, who was, like, won the invitation, ran what, what Ice Bath runs second in the Kennedy Cantala. Yeah. That's that's quality. Quality there, all around. There are only Group 1 winners in this field. I think there's, like, too many. I think 10 of the 12 are Group 1 winners. Too many for a Group 2. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's just a massive shot at Melbourne straight away. You know, PVL, <laughs> PVL came in through the week and he's just taken away all the spotlight on the Melbourne Cup. He said, fuck you, we've got to put a $2 million list in. And Get your shit together, Melbourne. Come on. Fair. And now we've, a, now we've got a group two lineup that's probably as good, if not better, than the group one lineup in Melbourne. So I love the Victorians, but, geez, come on, racing Victoria. Get your shit together. <laughs> anyway, um. I was going to say, last few weeks review. So, uh, yeah, we haven't done the podcast for a couple of weeks since Magic Millions Day. We're just heating up for the first group one of the season. And now we're going bang, 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 podcast week to week. So tune in every single week, Thursday nights. This is on a Friday night due to uh, a few technical difficulties through the week. But um, what's caught your <laughs> eye, Blake, over the last couple of weeks? Um, well, got Ramwick last weekend was pretty... Pretty cool. I enjoyed watching uh, Palel win there in mm. the in the feature race. That was that was quite nice. Um, I have enjoyed watching some of the uh, some of the highways. Testator Silence won last Saturday, and um, that horse is looking quite promising, building a nice nice record with only what five starts now. So um, yeah, it's been. It's been exciting, even though the the quality, I guess, of the races hasn't been as good as it's going to get. So, um, what about you? Anything caught your eye? Oh, I went to the English the English sales uh, through the week. Um, well, I didn't go to the actual sales. I just went to inspections with a friend, and uh, we're just looking at some horses. Not that I'm going to buy a horse anytime soon, but <laughs> maybe maybe if CG Syndications gets a few more Greyhound winners, we can afford a horse um, in time. But <laughs> Jesus Christ, you don't realize how much money's in horse racing until you walk through the doors at the Inglis at Warwick Farm. My <laughs> God, that is a facility and a half. 
wow. Like you should have seen it. Like, oh my Lord, there was like 12 stables, maybe 14, just like just barns full of horses. It was like, I think 800 mm. horses at the auction. It was just ridiculous. But um, Yikes. yeah, it was just big money everywhere. And uh, a few buys. I don't know if he's listening, but Nathan Palmer bought a horse. He's uh, <laughs> he's the owner of Remlap's gym. He, he loves it. Game day. Every day. Oh, he's definitely listening. Yeah, so hopefully he's bought a new <laughs> He's definitely listening. Take a shout out. Take a shout out. <laughs> not, anyway. Anyway, Blake, we've got a big show this week, so let's move on to Randwick track conditions, weather and bias. We're covering two races at Randwick this week. Tomorrow, the weather is 25 degrees, cloudy with a chance of showers. The rail is out five metres. A few millimetres of rain predicted, as I've said. Track's currently a soft five. And I'm not sure what it's going to be by race day, if, if I'm quite honest with you, because it doesn't look too good outside, but the forecast is saying there's not much more else to come. So, Blake, you're on the south coast or central coast? I'm up north. north. So just sort of near Nelson Bay, Hawk's Nest. Um, What's happening up there? So, well, the weather was great until about an hour ago. And, mm. yeah, now it's dropping bombs on us. So... Um, if it's anything like it is here down in Sydney, it's not looking good for tomorrow in terms of the uh, track being too dry. Um, that said, Randwick usually holds up all right. I guess it depends more on whether it rains during the meeting. I think that's kind of what bogs the track, if anything. If it sort of rains while the horses are chopping it up, then that's when you start to get problems. But um I don't know. I think the I think the track will be all right unless it does, yeah, like I said, pour down tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I don't think it'll matter in this first race that we're covering. Race seven, the group two, the light fingers stakes over the 1,200 metres. The start of the three-year-old Philly series with many of these being first up from a autumn spell. Uh, what is it? No, spring spell. My bad. I'm getting the seasons mixed up already. Uh, the return of unbeaten and possible superstar, Espiona, I'm going to pose this question to you, Blake. $1.50 or $1.55 on some outlets. I saw $1.60 creeping around. Would you rather lay or back Espiona at that current price? Oh, <laughs> do I have to put my money anywhere near it? <laughs> well, because I just don't want to. Back or lay? Back or lay? Lay. Ooh. That's a that's that's a purely statistical lay though. Like the amount of dollar fifty three year olds running first up. Well, I don't I, I don't think the uh, I don't think the statistics would would push me into backing Espiona. So I don't know what they are, but I I'm almost certain they're not pretty. Is this um, the second coming of Wings? <laughs> it's gonna have to be. <laughs> Um, no, but yeah, I, in terms of me on this race, let's just say I'm glad we don't have to spend a hundred on this one because yeah, I'm not going to be spending a penny on it. Fair enough. What about you guys? Well, uh, I'm firmly in the back column and I'm going to go out there and say it's better than bank interest. I just believe the thing is with Espiona, what I will say, and horses with the ability that she has against the opposition, we've always had this query on this three-year-old Phillies group, where as there were two-year-olds, now they're being three-year-olds. The superstar had not come through. 
Espiona, whether she's a superstar or not, that's up for debate. I guess I personally believe she could be absolutely anything. I think she's got to win multiple group ones by the end of her career. Uh, obviously, I'm going off a Warwick Farm maiden win in the Flemington win, but she couldn't have been any more impressive in those trials leading up to those performances. And all I will say is you have to back her in her sex, in her age group, at her right distance. And I think this is absolutely perfect. I think she will get up to a mile eventually, but I think 1,200 metres first up, love the barrier. Absolutely love it. I've had a few people message me today like, oh, how do you reckon your horse Espionage is going? Like, who the fuck is Espionage? Espiona, man. <laughs> Espiona. And I think it's a perfect barrier. The reason why is when I'm taking a $1.55, I don't really want to be cluttered up. I just don't want, I'd rather be three wide, no cover than cluttered up. I just want a clear passage unless they go back. I, I don't really care where they go. I think she's just too good for this field. People saying fangirl, fangirl, just wait for her once she gets up to 1400, 1600 meters, then we'll see the best of her. I don't think she'll be, I just don't think she'll be able to sprint with Espiona. Um, and I, yeah, I think a dollar 55 is valued. I think like honest, like what Blake's saying is 100% true with the statistical thing, but, you know, horse racing, in my opinion, isn't all about the statistical side of it. I, I like using just my gut and feel, and this is just a put in, pull out job. This is like one of those horses where you're like, I want to buy those new pair of shoes. I'm going to put 200 on it just to make <laughs> hundred bucks profit. And then Espion can sponsor those shoes, you know, those brand new Nike Xs or whatever you want, or those TNs, you know, for the, for the hectic cunts that listen to the show. But <laughs> 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 anyway, anyway, Blake, um, any roughies in this race? Any, who's the main danger? Mm, four moves ahead. Mm. I, I think. I, I just like the fact that she's got the wet, the wet form, and I, I prefer well, she, all of her. All of her wins have been on wet ground. So, um, Nasha Will has been going really well lately. She's got a good first up record. I really liked her over the the shorter trips sort of early in her last prep as well. I think that's where she does her best racing and you know that she's going to be up there and sort of in the race the whole way. Like she's not going to be sort of back and waiting waiting for a run or any of that business. Um, I think Espiona probably will be somewhere sort of midfield or worse. So if you're going to, I'm not saying that's going to be an issue for Espiona, but if you're going to take something against her, you're going to want it to be in front of her before the turn because <laughs> chances are nothing will catch her from behind. So, uh, yeah, I think four moves ahead is probably the, the biggest danger, I reckon. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that's, I think if you were going to have a place bet in this race, or if I was personally, I think four moves ahead the horse and exactly mm. what you outlined there. Addition to that is Blinker's first time. I just feel like that generally flies up a horse and from the wide alley she has time to i guess balance up and shoot across so i think she can hold on to a place i agree with you there blake i think that might be a worthy cornell option too that might pay not big bucks but enough bucks <laughs> anyway do you want to move on to the next race blake do you want to take it over sure sure all right we're going to oh we got the big return yes. the mighty bear no girl that's it, my girl. Very elegant returns in the uh, the Apollo Stakes, the Group Two. That should be a Group One, or it's at least Group Group One quality with the horses we've got running. Race eight at Randwick, over fourteen hundred meters. Uh, I think it over's heading the betting at the moment, um, with that impressive record from last prep, and very elegant second favorite. Very, very, 
talented field, like we were saying. So, um, yeah, lots to lots to analyze here, Jason. Where are you sort of looking? Yeah, I'm just going to think it over. He's starting to build a little bit of a picket fence, the old man. So mm-hmm. it's uh, that's good of him. Um, I'm going to take a little stab here. Maximal. I thought he could run a big race here. And I, the reason why I say that is, oh, I love Very Elegant, but is, this has got to be an absolute task. Mm. For first up after a Melbourne Cup win. I know she was so dominant, but I don't think there's been many horses winning first up 1,400 metres after a Melbourne Cup win. If, <laughs> if someone has those statistics on them, then please let me know. Mm. Um, I think if Maximal's got to win a race down here or at least be ultra competitive at a good price, I think this is the race first up. I like Hugh Bowman booked. He's done the riding in both trials and he obviously came out here for the Golden Eagle. I thought he worked really well in preparation for that race. And unfortunately, he just drew barrier 18 of 18 and was... Basically, just no hope from where he got to at Rose Hill on a track where it was favoured to be um, up leading. Uh, that was a really weird day that day at Rose Hill from memory. Um, I'm pretty sure Eduardo won a race there and the money was just spot on. Like I'm Thunderstruck got absolutely hammered and he sat further forward than what he normally does. So I think Maximal from Barrier 2. It's just I just like him at 1,400 metres fresh. I, I thought the trials were really well, uh, really good behind some decent types in home affairs and ice bath, Suzrella, Nimalee. Um, I think he finds a nice spot on the map here. I think he can sit midfield cover, possibly get the rails. And given he gets a bit of luck and a bit of a Hugh Bowman masterclass of a ride, I think he can run one, two, three. What about you, Blake? Um, well, my strategy, general, general sort of strategy for this race was to just look a little bit wide in the betting i know the favorites four dollars anyway so it's already a, an open open race but with plenty of these horses bigger targets in mind and you know all sort of below their their preferred distances and all that jazz um and like you said with very elegant drawing barrier one is an absolute horror draw for her and we've seen it happen before we saw it happen last prep um yeah it's it's not ideal um I think <laughs> if you could if you could have a bet on very elegant to be a very short odd favorite in her next run, which will probably be over sixteen hundred meters, I'd be I'd be putting my money on that I because I reckon she'll I reckon it'll be a horrible watch, but she'll run really well from from the low draw. And you did mention about the return over the shorter trip off the Melbourne Cup, and she did it last year and ran really well first up and didn't win. So I'm expecting a, a similar story here. Um, but yeah, I won't be backing her. Um, in terms of horses that I could potentially give a push for uh, to, to back, Ice Bath is one that I, I'm a, yeah, I don't know. I have my eye on, on her. Um, she's got a really, really good first up record. I think out of most of these horses, this this sort of trip is more up her alley than, than a lot of the competition that she's racing. Like she only, she only got up to the the mile last prep and was having sort of 1400 meter runs um, spread throughout that prep as well. So um, barrier 13 is not really a worry for her because, you know, she needs that room to wind up and get into the race um, handles all conditions she actually ended up finishing last prep really, really well, winning that, like I said, the Invitational and then 
running second at Flemington behind Superstorm. That was a really good run as well. So Ice Bath is one that I, yeah, I've got my eye on. Um, apart from that, Riadini and Special Reward are both horses who will be forward in the run. And Special Reward's got the fitness um, on his side, which is could end up being yeah, a big um, difference maker if the track is a bit bogged. And the same thing, it, it tends to favour leaders if the track track turns into a bit of a swimming pool. Um, special reward handles the soft conditions and Riadini does as well. So they're just some roughies that um, that I'd be looking to play around or, you know, add into exotics or whatever. Um, in terms of having like a really confident bet in this, I definitely don't. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, that's our Rand Week preview done and dusted. Let's move on to our novelty segments now. We head on to the JC Trial Files. Uh, we had a winner last episode, which I was going to say last week, but it was a quite a long time ago. Um, <laughs> Isotope, she won very nicely for Tony Gollan at a decent price, actually. It was like $3.50 or something. So hopefully... That was hot. Um, yeah, it was, it was, she was really good. She was really good. Um, well done. Just to suck myself off, I pretty got that race absolutely knuckled down to a yeah, point. nailed it. She's nailed a it. horse to follow. She's a horse to follow. I think I think she can come to maybe even Sydney or Melbourne and, and contest in Group One races. So I think uh, after that tip, you're the horse to follow, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> well, Those, you know, you're as good as your last tip. So let's move on to tomorrow. <laughs> I'm playing a very straight bad here. I'm playing a bit of a uh, who's a defensive cricket player, bloody Pajara. I'm just putting the pad out. Um, race one, number two, Randwick, Mentalicity uh, for Peter and Paul Snowden. We finally get to see his two-year-old Colt debut here. Had a bit of a mishap uh, a couple of weeks ago. He was a very short price favorite and heavily backed in an 1,100-meter two-year-old race at Rose Hill. Uh, he has since gone back to the trials and was hard-ridden to beat Psychiatrist on the line. I really like Psychiatrist. I have a lot of time for that horse as a two-year-old. And I really like the way Mentalicity stretched out. I think trials, a lot of people don't like hard trials like that, but I think people just got to understand that some trainers train in that fashion. And I don't think um, it's never a bad thing. For me, it's more of a positive because you get to see what the horse has under the bonnet. The hardest mm. trials are the trials that are soft trials where you kind of have to guess or guesstimate what the horse actually has under the bonnet. So I really like to see, you know, get a few clicks, not, not too heavily ridden, obviously, but they need to really respond to pressure because if they're not going to respond to pressure on a trial, I can guarantee you they're not going to respond to pressure on race day. So I think he's very hard to beat here. He's only $2, but I think Randwick will suit him. And I think he'll be flooding home down the outside of the track. So I like the white barrier for him because he's quite a strapping boy. All right, Blake, horse to follow. Very good. Very good. Saturday. Saturday, Hong Kong meeting. Mm, yeah, thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for pointing that out to me earlier, Jason. <laughs> I would have woken up tomorrow to a, to a surprise there. But uh, yeah, we got a, a Saturday meeting, Shartin. And it's been a while since we've been at Shartin. We had the um, we had the midweek at Happy Valley and the weekend uh, before that was also Happy Valley. So it's been a, a few Happy Valley meetings back to back. But um, yeah, we got Shartin tomorrow and I'm looking at a horse in race nine, ex-Kiwi horse actually uh, by the name of Gold Marquis. Uh, it's going to be ridden by Daniel Moore, actually, who's just recently made the move to Hong Kong along with uh, with someone else. I forget. I forget. Anyway, yeah, a couple of new jockeys moving to Hong Kong from 
from Australia, which is always exciting. Um, but yeah, he's he's going to ride Gold Marquis now. He ran really well uh, on his in his debut over the thousand meters, and he actually ran third behind two horses, um, one by the name of Stoltz, who has been going really well and was actually a dollar thirty or a dollar twenty something favorite at Happy Valley uh, last meeting. So one of the shortest price favorites I've ever seen at the Valley, and and he won well. So that's good form already. That was on debut over the thousand. Then he stepped up to the twelve hundred at Happy Valley. Ran really well again from pretty much dead last. Um, and if if anyone wants to watch that replay on the on HKJC website, um, you can just look up the horse by its name. That run sort of visually indicated to me that Gold Marcus is definitely looking for the fourteen hundred, and he and he changes tracks now to Chartin, which is a much roomier track. So drawing drawing gate eleven is not too much of a worry for me. He's gonna he's gonna get back in the field anyway. And um, yeah, like I said, with that extra step up your trip and the new track, um, the bigger track, I think God Marcus is really, really in with a big shot here. Um, and even if he doesn't get up, it'll be an exciting watch because he'll be flying home late. So that's one to keep an eye on for Saturday. That's race nine, number eight, God Marcus. Yes. Love it. We're talking about beforehand and I'm going to back it too. Just place two grand on Espiona at $1.50 because I'm sick. Um, <laughs> horse to watch over the autumn carnival, Blake. Interesting runner from you. Yeah. Um, horse that I black booked a while ago and I was waiting for him to, to reappear and he did. And he ran really well without winning um, by the name of Mares. Quite a, quite a talented football player for Man City. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, at Pakenham, he ran third behind Rumbled Again and Orphan's Trust. It was only in a class one. Um, but yeah, I've had him pegged as a as a stakes class horse since I black booked him. I literally wrote it down in the black book that he was was at that level. So I'm excited to see him step up to that grade on Saturday. Um, and regardless of what he does here, I think he's he's a really exciting exciting prospect. He has an absolute motor under the under the bonnet, and he yeah really knows how to find the line. So it'll be an exciting watch on Saturday. Whether he gets up or not, we'll um, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, in terms of Going forward, I think even getting up to the mile, he'll um, he'll probably be a pretty exciting prospect. So that's the one I've got my eye on for the autumn. Yes, hopefully we can sting him one time um, over the autumn carnival and really get a plunge going, Blake. I'm sure we can. I'm sure the podcast listeners can just really <laughs> belt into him one day. Um, straight bat. That's the theme that I've gone into this podcast. Straight batting. Espiona for me. Um we're very blessed with Australian horse racing. I think it's obviously just Australian industry gambling and whatnot. It's where we are at our peak. Um, and the horses, the quality of the horses and the, and the superstars and champions we have, um, just so blessed to see them go around. And obviously this week is another example of that um, with horses like Very Elegant and Think It Over and even Colding Behemoth and the list goes on and on and on. But I think we are about to unveil a new superstar and possibly one of the greats. I just honestly think this espionar could be anything. I just, you know, I'll, I'll eat my words later on if, if it doesn't turn out to be so. Um, she hasn't raced against the boys. She hasn't raced against um, older horses yet. But once she does get to wait for age group one level, when she will, um, that's when we'll find out. But I, th I think, up until then, we just continue to smash her when she's up against her own sex, her own age, because it's just unfair. 
She's not getting any handicap relief. Um, the other horse aren't getting any handicap relief. And in my opinion, she's a couple of lengths better horse than any horse three-year-old filly in Australia right now. So I think we get to see Espiona win a couple of races this um, this autumn. And it'll be interesting to see what they do because she's got the 1,200-meter race this week. Then two weeks' time, there's a 1,400-meter uh, group two race. And then... I think she's fifth in the all-star mile voting. So she's got to be 1,400 up to 2,000 metres. And I think there's only a couple of weeks in between. It's not ideal for a horse that's never run over a mile. So they might bypass that possibly. Or they might have to somehow try and fit a 1,600-metre race in there just even... Sorry, no, the all-star mile is over 1,600 metres, isn't it? What am I thinking? Cox, I'm thinking about the Cox Plate. Okay, disregard that last one. <laughs> that's just ludicrous. Do you want, do you want to take over, Blake? We, we got coffee. Jason needs a coffee. I need a coffee. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to have like two or three coffee. hours sleep. Dixie Gamble's been hard at work. He's been hard at work. Cut him some slack, listeners. Yes. No, um, all right. We um, we changed tracks now. So mm-hmm. we're down to Melbourne where they've got the inferior racing. I said it. Um, they got the group one though. So CF4 stakes. Race eight will be the race that we're looking at. And um, before we get into the field and... What we're looking at, Jason, what do you think the uh, conditions are going to be like and how do you think the track's going to play? Yeah, Caulfield, last couple of... Oh, it's always typical Caulfield, really. I think rather than the true, um, 28 degrees, good four. Um, possibly get to a good three, considering how hot it is. Hopefully, I just find they always don't... Um, just always get to a good three for some reason. You know, like... Yeah. No, there's no rain on the forecast, so why don't you just wet the track? But... Mm. Whatever. Um, I think it could be a bit of a, a rails and run bias. I hope not for the for the one race that we're going through. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's probably got to be the the typical Caulfield theme. You want to be up and in. What about you, Blake? Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think especially recently, Caulfield's been more of a leader rails bias than than it typically has been in the past. I I've always found Caulfield to be one of the fairer tracks. Um, and yeah, like I said, lately, I think it's drifted a little bit from that and probably got something to do with what you said, Jason, about the track being pretty firm most of the time, sort of leaning to a good three, um, which tends to favor horses on the inside and, and in the lead. Um, hopefully not too much of a bias for uh, the first horse that I'm going to mention, and I'll let you get into yours, Jason, Sierra Sue. Yes. Um, yeah. Was was all over her last prep on this podcast, actually. I was um, was raving about her, and she ran in the same race as Dice Roll. They ran one to two, and I was on both. Um, that was over 1,400 metres, and Sierra Sue won both of her starts over this track and trip last prep. 1,400 metres at Caulfield is, is clearly her go. I've really liked the the two trials that she's had coming into this. And, I mean, towards the end of her prep, she just, you know, went amiss. She was, like, didn't even finish the race. Um, that The start after um, that run that I backed her, which was, was disappointing. And, yeah, she never really came back from that. So they spelled her. She's back here. Good first up record. Like I said, track and trip undefeated. Um Seven starts at the distance for five wins, um, and the trials have been really good. She actually beat I'm Thunderstruck fairly comfortably. Obviously, trials and not the be all and end all, but yeah, she she had um, I'm Thunderstruck's measure in in one of those trials, and both were pretty impressive. So I'm keen to go with her, and she's drawn barrier seven. 
John Allen's got experience on her, three starts or two wins. Um, and I like the fact that she has sort of, you know, that, that middle gate, she can sit relatively midfield or a little bit closer to the pace. Um, it doesn't look like there's going to be too much speed in this race. So I'm glad um, that she's got that ability and she's not drawn too poorly. So Sierra Sue, I think that price is, is pretty generous. Which, which way are you looking, Jace? Yeah, open field in the Group 1 C4 stakes this year. Um, I'm going to go with the favourite. Uh, he's currently $4.20 with Dabble. Uh, Cinnamon, uh, just based upon he has that slight bit of fitness under his belt. Let's just say mm-hmm. that. I think that could be the difference between this lot. I uh, thought he ran very well first up at 1,200 metres. Mooney Valley, Maribai, you know, Maribai is looking like a group one horse. She's very short in a lot of group one races coming up. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to say he had no right fin- finishing off like that, but <clears throat> for a horse that won a group three race against I'm Superman and Streets of Avalon, a group one winner, last preparation, you'd expect him to finish off like that. But it was a pretty big effort considering, um, yeah, Maribai was off and gone. She controlled that race to a T. They went some seven lengths slower than average or standard to the 600 metres. Um, so mm. he wasn't really super entitled to hit the line as strong as he did. Um, and he ran yeah. home, I think, two lengths faster than standard. So step up to the 1,400 metres here, natural progression. He's got a phenomenal record second up. That's where he's had all his wins, four starts for three wins. Craig Williams is on board from barrier six. I think he's got to get a lovely run midfield. I just hope there is a bit of pressure in this race. Um, I wouldn't take too much um, note of last start where he drew barrier one and didn't take up a posse. I think he just simply got run off his feet 1,200 metres in a really in a, in a, in a race where Maribai took control. So I think Sinolin mm. is a deserving favourite. I don't believe he's the best horse in this race, but I think he is the best placed horse. Um, any at odds, Blake? Any at odds we can make a small case for? Um, well, Sierra Sue, I guess, is decent odds. Um, apart from that, I really like Lighthouse. I've been following mm. following her since she came to Australia, and she's really done nothing wrong. Like second last time to Open Minded was in a in a really slowly run race. Um, was nothing to sort of jump off her if you've been following her. So I'll probably have something on her. She doesn't owe me anything. Um, clearly, with that picket fence record that she mm. broke last start. So. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how she measures up. This is obviously a lot harder, but um, she's she's talented. She's talented. I will say, interesting uh, thing to point to mention uh, with with the favourite, Jason, that you were raving about. The same race in Hong Kong, which runs five minutes after this race, hmm. the likely favourite, uh, the markets aren't out, obviously, but the likely favourite, Purton's on it, Circuit Stella, actually beat Cinewan, who ran third in a race at Leopardstown where Circuit Stella was on debut before Circuit Stella went to Hong Kong and Cinewan came to Australia. So um, interesting, (laughs) very interesting form line to draw there. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Take... Take out of that what you will. <laughs> yeah, I've done but, uh, your work this week. <laughs> connecting the dots. Connecting the dots. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, will will be interesting to see. Um, Cinnamon, yeah, I agree with you, though. I think um, very well-placed horse. I really like the win on day, uh, the second 
second up run in Australia. I really like that win. Um, and last up, yeah, like you said, just run off his feet and 1,200 metres, especially at Mooney Valley. Like, what are you you're trying to run from last and mm. beat the leader over 1,200 metres at Mooney Valley? I don't think so. Um, so, yeah, this is probably going to be a different ball game, or it is it is a completely different ball game. So um, interesting to see and interesting to draw that form line. If, if Sinawan gets up, maybe have a little look at Circuit Stella. The running double. Later it cuts in. The running double. How good is that? <laughs> um, I didn't like that win last preparation. I was on I'm Superman. It was absolutely <laughs> And I was like, who is this thing coming from where? What the how? <laughs> who is Sinner who? Sinner where? Sinner one? Oh, <laughs> and at the end of the day, Sinner did win. So um, hopefully you can repay my pockets because I'm still recovering from that. I thought it was all over a winner, but um Anyway, do you want to move on to our $100 viewers competition now? We've got a new viewer, first-timer, Joshua Franks. Um, Joshua is a degenerate from Newcastle. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's a good bloke, Josh. He's, he's a hardworking man, um, and he's got, he's got plenty of cash to roll around. I'm sure he's going to have a big bet tomorrow on uh, Espiona. I'm, I'm hearing whispers. Um, mm. Apparently, he wants to get his card detailed or something like that. The <laughs> 2003 Subaru Forester. <laughs> He's going to get his car sponsored by Espiona. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, punters. You just, you got to look at it like, you know, I want that, I want that new shirt, you know, or I want to, I want to get that RaceNet um, subscription for the next six months. I got to get money on Espiona, you know? Let Espiona sponsor your house, punters. <laughs> <laughs> mortgage. Uh, gamble responsibly. <laughs> Always gamble responsibly. But RaceNet like you, what is this? Kind of do form <laughs> anyway, whatever. Mm. They're all going, they're all going subscription. It's, it's very sad. So mm. we're going to SBO and hundred bucks in the win just so I can pay. Hong off. Kong package is free, punters. Get yeah. around it. <laughs> Always. But uh Josh, back to Josh. Sorry about that, Josh. <laughs> C4 stakes. He's got a hundred dollars on the big boy, the beast from South Australia, Behemoth. Um, you're a you're a fond fan of Behemoth at the best of time, Blake. Do you reckon he's got a chance mm. tomorrow? Or a strong yeah, chance? Yeah, I do. But- of course, of course, he's got a chance. Um, this is his go. It's definitely his go. And the thing that he had in his favor last prep, which sort of won him, or I mean, he's got ability, obviously, but he was taking on horses like he will be tomorrow who are behind him because he's had a run already. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be... Um, in his favor tomorrow and yeah like i said this is his um this is his go so he's definitely in there with a chance i just prefer when he's drawn a little bit better i'm not sure about gate nine and i'm also not sure about jamie carr she's not no i mean she's not a she's not a bad jockey at all but um in terms of her her vigor in riding i think behemoth is one of those horses that needs to be really ridden out he's a huge lump of a thing so um we'll see what she can do tomorrow on him but yeah he's definitely in there with a chance though yeah. All right, let's crack on to our own $100 competition. Um, completely different outlook this season. Last season, you had me gone. Like, I was dead set five or $600 behind you. And now, now you're $300 behind me, two, two episodes down. So I had a cheeky fill up on the Gold Coast, went bang, bang with Coolangatta and King of Sparta. And uh, you had Coolangatta, so well done to you. But uh, you had a... Jamea. Yeah, McFlurry of bets in the, at the end of the day and nothing, unfortunately, mm. landed for yourself. So 
you're base you just basically broke even that week. But uh, I have, thanks for rubbing that in. I'll take it. Uh, well, you have and, to. Um, I, and I hopefully the story unfolds the same as last season, <laughs> where the one from behind has a late rally and comes back over the top. Yeah, like I'm not sure from a good front runner, but <laughs> I don't think you, you weren't too good. You sort of got the heavy legs, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if I get the heavy legs. Possibly, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, track I'm, conditions I'm, are the same, eh? Yeah, I'm untried at the distance. So <laughs> anyway, I've got 109 dollars in the kitty, and Blake is going to the J Bob, the Jason Bank of Bob, Bob Bodge <laughs> Bank of Jason, the Bodge. Uh, we had the Nabob last year, National Bank of Blake or something. Um, minus $105, C4 stakes. Who are you on? Sarah Sue. I'm going to have 50 each way. So, um, yeah, she, she did well for me in this, in this comp last year and I blew it, <laughs> but, um, if she does well for me this time, I won't blow it. How's that? How's that for a deal, Sierra? I like that. I like that. Yeah. She, she didn't just do well for you. She, you got the Quinella. Dystrol mm. and Sierra It wasn't just any Quinella punters. This was a double-figure Quinella. Like, I'm pretty sure Dystrol was close to 20s and Sierra Sue was about $12 from memory or something like that. So, yeah, similar price to, to what she is today. So, hopefully fingers crossed. Well, again. Uh, That's it. But, oh, hopefully not for my bet because I have $100 <laughs> right on the nose of Cinnamon. I think if he's got to win a race at this level, it's going to be this race. Um, yeah, it's just obviously every single time spring and autumn comes around, you have probably better horses that have targets deeper in the preparation versus mm. horses that are already have the fitness that probably should target a race like this. And I think that's another perfect example of this. Um, best bets, Blake, who's your best for Saturday or value? Um, <laughs> this weekend is probably the weekend out of the last three years where I've had the most black bookers running. I can't believe how many I have going around. Like some races I've got three or four. It's ridiculous. Um, but Casino Kids, one that I mentioned to you earlier, Jason, I've got my eye on. Big fan of him. And I love, I've loved the fact that they've stepped him up over a trip now. Finally, um, he's, he's just absolutely loved it. Um, ran over the 2000 meters last time and just couldn't catch Crystal Pegasus. I reckon an extra 20 meters he would have got there. So he gets an extra 400 this time. Um, Randwick is perfect track for horses to be doing that sort of thing. He handles all conditions, especially the wet, um, and it will be wet tomorrow. So deserved favorite on that run. Reese Jones claims as well, so he won't be carrying much weight. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot in his favor. I've got Outlandos Black Booked as well. He's the second favorite, but he's all of his forms on dry ground, and it's not going to be dry at all tomorrow. So I'm in Casino Kids' favor heavily tomorrow. Beautiful. Uh, I'm going to stick with Randwick. Um, it's going to go later in the program. Hopefully we can get our gel here or make an absolute filthy fill up. Race 10, mm. number eight, Legay Soleil. Uh, I think she's good price here. Uh, possibly not a best value chance, but I think she's a touch of overs here and she has been uh, slightly, slightly tapped from a few punters out there. I love her first up record. She's had four starts for three wins and a third first up. Thought she trialed the house down, especially her last trial over the 1,050 metres at Randwick. She went back to the rear of the field and really rocketed home down the middle of the track. Kerry McAvoy was on board that day. He's on board on race day. This is a deep enough race, but I did say my black book back her first up in a benchmark 88 race, 1,200 metres at Randwick. I get 1,300 metres. Um, didn't realise I had 1,300 metre races at Randwick, but uh, I guess they're 
moving the storm. They do now. They do now. So obviously <laughs> the barrier is a bit of a concern as is the running style, but we are getting a decent enough price to take the risk. Expect her to get back in the field. Hopefully Invinciano can ensure a nice tempo in this race. And I think she'll rock at home late. Just need a fair enough track. I hope the rain doesn't do what Blake does say. And Blake is 100% correct in his analysis. Once it gets a bit boggy, it's very hard to make ground. So mm. hoping it doesn't get too yeah. wet for Legay, the gay Soleil. Mm. But she does like a wet track. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think it just depends how much it rains during the meeting. Hey, because... Like when Randwick gets a bit wet before the meeting, it usually plays pretty fair. And if anything, favours horses running down the outside late. But when it starts raining during the meeting and the horses are chopping it all up, then it just butchers the whole track and nothing makes much ground. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, if if your first scenario comes to fruition, I guess Mm. it could be close to one of the bets of the day um, if it really does chop out. I agree. She is an absolute mudlark. She'll swim through it. And I think she'll just thunder home down the outside. So I'm hoping I'm hoping it does chop out because I think she's really hard to beat here on a low weight. Uh, that's about it for uh, this episode, Blake. Jesus, I'm getting a bit of nerves here. First time back. Um, shrug, it off. shrug it off. Yeah, shrug it off. We'll be back next week again. So tune in again next week. Our website, cginsight.com.au. You can purchase our Saturday racing package on there. We've got the three best, and we've got our monthly, weekly, three-month subscriptions, whatever fancies yourself. Uh, follow us on that's social it. media. Sorry? I said, yep, that's it. And get around Dabble as well. We're all we're right. on Dabble. Always. We are on Dabble. Mm. And the, our NBA form analyst had a six-to-one multi the other day. Blake, you, you, you hit a multi the other day around $3.50, and you've had a lot of single winners um, oh yeah, we've had we've had some absolute huge winners in Hong Kong lately, and they they always go up on double um, every meeting Wednesdays and on the weekends. Mm-hmm. All the description, everything is there, so you don't even really need to go on Facebook or any of that. You can copy the bet really quickly into your bet slip. You can make whatever multi you want, or follow the ones that I'll put up. Um, it's it's all at your fingertips. It's pretty straightforward. So get around that and follow follow the uh, the CG page on on double. Yeah, and in in Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, anyway, uh, join us next week. We've got season two, episode four. I don't know why I said season two, but I should have just said episode four. Um, and I'm sure it's going to be a big week. I got no idea what race is on, but it is a group one. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Is it Blue Diamond? No. No. Blue Diamond preludes on this week. Pre, pre, yeah. yeah. Then there's a preview, isn't there? Yes, the the yeah, it's it, it's all it's all happening. It's all well, happening. it'll be something else and something else and something else, but there will be good races. So don't one worry does not us. stop when PPL's <laughs> in charge. God, PPL. <laughs> all right, Blake, I'll right. let you enjoy your north northern coastal home. <laughs> mm, thank you, Jason. This is a train wreck. Oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, I gotta get the sushi train now. I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm out. I'm done. Mm, enjoy that. All right, all listeners, right. thank you for tuning in again and take care.